2: You're listening to You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. 1 hour of street hockey talk with Dan Rick Tyler and Bag Milk starts now.
1: Who did that intro, Tyler? Mariah. Mariah. Thanks Mariah. Good to hear from you. It's Oilers Nation Radio episode 159. I'm Bag Milk here for an hour of hockey talk just as Mariah said in the intro. As we do every week, we're going to start off with the Sherwood Ford Giant question, which prompts me to remind you to follow them on social media. On Twitter, they're at Sherwood Ford. And on Instagram, they're at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. We are in late September now, people. If you need to get your vehicle serviced for the winter, whether that's an oil change, new tires, maybe a new whip entirely, our friends at Sherwood Ford are the ones to help you get that done. Mr. Uremchuk, time for the giant question. What do you got for us?
0: The Sherwood Ford Giant question of the week. It's a little bit of a vague one. Anyone can put the different spin on this if they want to, but simply which Oilers player is under the most pressure this season.
1: All right, boys, who wants to start off with this one? Who's got the most pressure on them this season? Uh, I'm just going to look at my screen. Rick, you're up.
3: Uh, Let's go with the the old man in the net. I think uh, Mike Smith's going to feel a lot to continue on the way he was last year. If he does, obviously we're in a pretty good position. If not, uh, we're relying on a goaltender who has not looked so great when he has a a large workload. So I think uh, I think he's probably feeling it uh, feeling it the most, especially because that position is going to be under the under the microscope the most of anybody.
1: Rick taking Mike Smith off the board, nation. Dan, you're up.
2: Mine mine is going to go to a defenseman, and it's because of what uh, actually what Coach Tippett kind of alluded to this week, It it is Evan Bouchard uh for a guy that i think the organization is putting a lot of uh pinning a lot of hope and and wishes on uh to be able to replace the the minutes that adam larson is uh abdicating by heading to seattle i just think that evan bouchard is going to have a lot of pressure on him i i believe that as the player he he has the ability to do it but it's a question as to whether uh, you know as a young guy whether he's able to step into that role and and take on that pressure
1: I agree with Dan in the sense that like Bouchard is a wild card to me. I wrote about it a couple of times on weather's It's just like, if he succeeds and he climbs his way up the lineup, obviously that's a massive game changer for the defense, but if he struggles, you know, as a young guy can do at the NHL level, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Bouchard off the board, Tyler, who you got?
0: I'm going to go to the forward group here. And I, I saw a lot of really interesting submissions, but the one that stands out to me is Zach Cassian. I mean, this guy's got three more years on a deal with a cap of $3.2 million. He's only 30 years old. This guy should still have some good hockey in the tank. And the one word to, to, to sum up his career as an oiler so far has been inconsistent. Inconsistent and i think this is a guy who if he is giving you really good third line minutes and he scores you know 12 to 16 goals this year and is a physical presence and has the other team thinking where he is when he's on the ice at all times cuz he might lay a big hit he is a guy who can really transform what the oilers bottom six looks like and I know that might sound like a bit of a hyperbole, but I think it's true. If you have him on one side, Warren Fogle on the other, and whoever's playing center on that line, I think the Oilers have a chance to build up a third line that really does a lot of good stuff for them. So there's pressure on Zach Cassian to start living up to that 3.2 million. I don't know if he'll ever live up to it, but he needs to be better than he was last year or else his time at Edmonton might be over.
1: Well, and if you're going to talk about Zach Cassian, sorry, Dan, yeah. Um 3.2 million bucks. <clears throat> that was a lot for what he provides. At least last year, mm-hmm. the Oilers are going to need money next year, especially if Puli and Yamamoto have good seasons. They're going to have to find cap space somewhere. And a guy like Cassian, first of all, having a good season will help cement his spot within the roster on a day-to-day basis. But it could yeah. also, you know, if you need to trade a guy, have, having him have a good season would help go a long way in increasing the value. So I also like that one.
2: Uh, yeah, looking was, in. Sorry, I was just going to say two bag milk. The other X factor that is kind of been lost just because of the pandemic is the fact that there's going to be fans in the building again, and for a guy w- in Cassian where he feeds off of that energy, I think that that'll help him as well. But that's a that's a definite X factor.
1: Before I give my take, uh, checking in on the Twitter account ON Radio podcast on Twitter, if you want to give us a follow, Tyler asked the question there yesterday, and some of the answers that came in. Steven Fiddler says Cassian if he can't perform to get back in back to being playoff cast, then his contract will force him, force the team to trade him in the off season. Again, I, I can't disagree with that. Uh, Taron, Jacko Lanteran, huh? spooky season, says Archibald, lol. That's an interesting one because we're going to talk about Josh Archibald in a little bit. Obviously he is the one unvaccinated player on the team. So that's going to make an interesting wrinkle. Wenton Quarantino <laughs> says hmm. it's Duncan Keith, Archibald would have no pressure playing in the AHL. Matt says so, Yammo. He needs to show what he can do and get a nice contract out of it. Uh, uh, Pepper Jack Drew says Olivier Rodrigue. Uh, that's a surprising one. Not too much pressure there from my perspective. And Mikhail says Darnell Nurse. He's got one more year left before kicking off that monster nine point, whatever it is, million dollar contract. Tyler, I cut you off. What were you going to
0: uh, no, I, I just have some like pressure on Darnell Nurse. I would say it's the opposite this year. Like he's got the money in the bank. He's still on his $5.6 million deal. He's coming off a great season. Like I don't see a lot of pressure there. I, I like the, the answer of Duncan Keith and I'll even throw Cody CeCe into the mix yeah. too here. Like we talked about having to replace Adam Larson's minutes. How much of that is going to be on Cody CeCe, who's in the first year of a four year deal with the Edmonton Oilers? Like there is pressure on Cody CeCe to be a legit top four guy. Cause if he's not, And we've seen it with a lot of defensemen. This fan base is going to sour on him in a hurry.
1: Well, it's interesting you say Cody Cece because he was going to be my pick. So Duncan Keith, we all know nobody liked, well, not many people liked the trade when it happened. He's going into his first season with the Oilers. He's missing the first week of training camp, blah, blah, blah. That's pissing a bunch of people off. But Cody Cece signed a nice little deal for himself in the offseason with term. So he's expected to kind of ease the pressure that came from losing Adam Larson. And that's... I don't know how comparable their styles of play are. And I think that a lot of people are going to be expecting CC to be Adam Larson, which he's not. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Cody CC, especially because he got that term contract this summer. If the, if the defense falters, which I hope they won't, Ken Holland talked about them being a lot more experienced group in his presser earlier in the week, then that's going to be an issue. So to me, I guess Keith would for sure but my pick would definitely be Cody CC. And I'm going to throw some honorable mentions here too. my boy, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He didn't have a good season last year. He just signed an eight year extension. Maybe that'll ease the pressure. He's not on a contract here. The, un, the, the the variables and the unknowns are now eliminated. He knows he's going to be an oiler for the next eight years, but he still needs to produce. If he produces at the level he did last year, people are going to be upset. And the Oilers need him to be better than that. And I think he should be better than that. Another guy I would say is maybe not necessarily his fault that there'll be pressure on him, but rather a product of circumstances is Warren Fogle. Like if you cruise Oilers Twitter right now, everybody's still talking about the trade, the Ethan Bear for Warren Fogle trade. And we all loved Ethan Bear. I was a big Ethan Bear guy. So I think, fairly or not, that adds a chunk of pressure onto Warren Fogle's shoulders as well. If you have an answer for this question that has not already been read out or you just want to chime in after the fact, ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, let us know what you think. Who's got the most pressure on is Maybe it's Koskinen. He's going to be fighting for a job here. He's in his last year of his contract with the Edmonton Oilers. Kyle Turris. Kyle Turris. Maybe he wants to just hang on to his NHL career at all. Yeah. You know,
0: I think that'd be the same pressure facing a guy like Miko Koskinen, right? Like for Koskinen and Turris, I mean, Koskinen might be good as gone to Russia next season anyways, but there's a few guys here who it's like, man, if you don't have a really good year, your life in the NHL might be done. I, I honestly think a guy like Chris Russell might be in that conversation as well. Like, if Chris Russell doesn't show that he's a serviceable six seven D man this year, there's not gonna be a lineup of teams looking to sign the guy next season. I get it, he'll be thirty-five next offseason. Maybe he wants to ride off into the sunset, potentially literally, and go, you know, live out on the farm. Like maybe, but there's a lot of guys who it's like, Cow man, if you don't boy. if you don't bring it, your Cow NHL boy. career's done.
2: I can't believe you you're, you're- you're having a problem with that. They're having his number retired this year and he'll be, he'll be off into the sunset with his number retired.
1: <laughs> I was really hoping that, you know, it was, it's interesting. We we're getting derailed here for a sec, but the Kevin Lowe uh, Jersey retirement long overdue in my opinion, the yep. guy, like a lot of people shit on Kevin Lowe for the stuff. That's the tier two fans. There's mm-hmm. the, I know a thing or two about winning, but if you look at his body of work to quote Jay down from his time as an Edmonton oiler, I mean, come on. What are we talking about? Kevin Lowe deserves to have his number retired in well, the rafters. It's just interesting to me that they're like, hey, Chris Russell, you need to change your number because we want to do it like this
2: year. You what's know? What's the one thing that we've all looked back on for the last 20 years fondly and remembered with you know great, great happiness? It's the 2006 yeah. Stanley Cup finals run. And of Kevin course. Lowe was the architect. Your
3: math is really bad.
2: Yeah, I know, but anyways, you
3: <laughs> get 15 what. Fifteen years doing. ago, it's so getting close
0: to twenty there, Rick. Fifteen, yeah.
3: He said twenty. I'm like, I'm taking oh, like, hey. about. that's right. Fifteen years going. ago, and then I was like, Fifth, I did a night little night? bit of year M. Chuck
2: math, and it was off. All right, it's okay, <laughs> but yeah, he was the architect of that. He he made the transaction for Chris Pronger. He made the transaction for Dwayne and He made the transactions, all those little ones. Jaroslav uh Dick Tarnstrom. Brought it, you know. Had Winchester in the in the opening night lineup for some heroics against Detroit. Like it's it's you know, or sorry, that wasn't opening night. That was Game Three. Anyways, um, he, you know, he's a guy that he did some stuff for this organization. Yeah, sure, he has his black marks, but yeah, absolutely overdue. Beg milk, you are correct.
1: I'm also correct, Dan, that you should order from DoorDash this weekend because you can't Ding cook dong. and you're hungry. Just like I can't cook and I'm hungry. I'm thinking about lunch right now. It's eleven thirty. We're recording a little bit early on a Friday afternoon. Got to go clean up the office this afternoon. So we're recording early. I might order myself some lunch from DoorDash using the promo code ONRADIODD. That gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with DoorDash. ONRADIODD. Get yourself something to eat. All right, let's move on a little bit. Training camp is underway. Very exciting. I've got some training camp updates. Gregor has been doing some reporting from the rink. Uh, The first thing we'll just get out of the way here, Josh Archibald wasn't on the ice. He is the unvaccinated player um, as revealed by Ken Holland on the withers now the other day. Um, so he wasn't on the team. He wasn't with the team the other day. He just got out have a 14 day quarantine and training staff didn't want to throw him in too quickly and risk injury. According to Gregor, my question for you guys, and let's just do this real quick on Josh Archibald. Everybody's got takes about the guy and I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm almost feeling sorry for him to a, to an extent, but not really. Um, Ken Holland thinks he's going to miss at least 30 plus games this season. Tyler, just real quick, what happens with Josh Archibald if he's going to miss a third of the season?
0: I think the Brendan Perlini signing and the Colton Skeevier PTO were kind of direct messages to to Josh Archibald saying, we got options, man. And I just look at it. You have a guy on your roster making $1.5 million. He's a fourth line winger who can kill penalties and provide a little bit of offense at five on five. That's a pretty replaceable part. And the cap hit would be the same if you bury him for 1.1 1. 1 and then go ahead and sign whoever Skevier for $750,000. The point I'm making here is Josh Archibald is a replaceable kind of NHL player and they have options to replace him now. And I just look at this and I go, why would you want to keep a guy on your roster Who's going to consistently have to quarantine? Who's going to be in and out of the lineup? Won't be a part of any sort of regular fourth line. Just why is why is that worth the hassle? I think they're bringing him into camp to avoid any sort of grievance with the with the NHLPA. I, I think they're basically keeping him around because he's under contract and he's allowed to be there because he's not breaking any rules, right? But I have a funny feeling he's going to be either on waivers or traded somewhere for like a seventh round pick. Like he'll go down to the States to a team that he only has to miss like Tyler Bertuzzi. Like he has to miss nine games, right? If he's playing somewhere where you don't come up to Canada a lot and, and they'll, some other team will pick him up, I think on waivers as well. Um, But I just, I don't, I don't see him being an oiler this year. I don't see how it makes sense for either side. Why would he want to be an oiler next year? If you can only play 52 games, can't go out anywhere on the road when you do get to play odd road games. And then, you have to not be around your teammates and constantly be quarantining. Like you have to give up $600,000 of estimated salary. Like why have they not just even cut ties already and like found him a new home? I don't know, but I don't think he'll be here.
1: For me, I, I'm, I'm bummed out about it because I like Josh Archibald and what he brings to the lineup, but I'm with Tyler in the sense that I don't know if he's good enough to be playing these games in the sense that he is a guy like you said. Colton Sevier's here. Perlini's here. Tyler Benson's fighting for a job. I've got a quick update from Gregor on Tyler Benson. So like, there's competition there. I just don't see how we get past and, training camp or even well into the season with Josh Archibald still with
0: the team. I forget what I was going to say, Rick.
3: Yeah, no, I I say, I'm 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 on the same boat as you guys here. It's uh, I honestly I thought that it gives Cooper Marody um, the biggest boost. Uh, as a, just a guy who can fill in that spot because yeah, if you saw that. if you saw yeah McLeod Benson and Archibald going in as your fourth line on game one you would have been not really surprised so I think that uh, seeing Marodi got that spot on the on the uh, line the other day um, pointed to pointed him out to me but yeah no he's Archibald's not good enough to uh, to put the team in risk um, there's the the stuff about not playing um very regular, but to me it's also spreading it in the in the dressing room yeah. or something like that, where you know it's it it affects the whole team. And so yeah, it's he's not he doesn't he's not worth it to Look, put the team that type of game.
0: Let's not forget here, and I and and I know you're chomping at the bit, Dan, but let's not forget Josh Archibald's last memory we have of him as an oiler is him directly costing them a playoff game. So I I liked him as a player, but like. Let's remember what he kind of did here in the playoffs, and it was actively hurt their chances of beat, beating the Winnipeg Jets. So I'm 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 not too sorry about him going on waivers. Yeah, if it's just it's,
1: it's just one of those situations where it's like I think he can be a valuable member of the bottom six, but there's also you know, and especially with we're going into waiver season here right away as well. Who knows what hits the waiver wire in the NHL? Plus, there's guys fighting for those jobs. Is ready, Dan. Last word on Josh Archibald.
2: Well, I think the really. Relief- I think sad part for me is that I don't think he can even play for Bakersfield because they have a, they have a vaccine policy at the arena that you have to be vaccinated. So um yeah, for the player, it sucks for him to have to, you know, make that decision for himself. But uh, you know, the, the real thing that sucks for me is that, on the flip side of things, we're talking about a guy in Alex Stalock who had an opportunity to come into this team and make a difference. And he wasn't given that option because he got COVID and he's dealing with myocarditis now. So it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's troubling from, from two sides of things, you know, for a guy to be close, you know, on a team with the same, same situation happening on the flip side where it wasn't a choice for Alex Staylock to not play this season out for Josh Archibald to not play the season out. It is what it is. Let's focus on and pick our horses to replace him in the roster because to me, 30 games missed is a non-starter.
1: guy who is fighting for a spot in the roster is Tyler Benson and this is from Jason Greger yesterday so yesterday was Thursday at training camp he says Tyler Benson looked noticeably quicker and he's got a new number he took number 16 R.I.P. Jujar have the best season in Chicago but not too good when he play the Oilers please he looked ready for the preseason battle for a left wing spot from the opening drill until I left halfway through so I could get home to do the radio show Benson was locked in his shot he shot with purpose on every line rush looked hungry to make an impression he needs that type of mindset and I'm looking forward to seeing how he plays in the preseason do you think do you guys think uh Rick I'll start with you that Tyler Benson can actually come in and steal a job and two does it make sense for him to land a spot in the bottom six if that's where he fits or is he more of a guy that has to be with an offensive kind of line what do you think
3: uh, one, I don't know if he's stealing a job. I think he's just earning a job. I don't know if there's somebody that was going to be penciled in ahead of him as that fourth left winger, or even in the top fourteen, uh, top fourteen forwards. Um, I think it's it's just it's time for him. He's this is the progression of his whole career. He's done everything. He's taken every step. He's he's succeeded everywhere he's gone, and this is the next step in his progression. Um, hearing that, you know the the. Being stuck in this roster um, with all the offense that we do have, a guy like him had to learn how to play in the bottom six. And and if you believe the reports you heard last year, that's what he was working on. He was working on his penalty kill game because he knew if he was going to make it in the NHL that he was going to need to be on the special teams and the power play probably just wasn't going to be it for him because that, those two lines are absolutely stacked. So I think he has uh, – really concentrated on the on the defensive part of his game and rounding out his game. And I think a player like him, uh, when you add that type of offensive build, uh, capabilities in the bottom six, I think it's something that's going to really help the team out. Uh,
1: before I get to Tyler for his Benson take, I just want to say, boys, we're all looking great in nation gear today. Everybody's decked out, got shirts, hoodies, hats, toques, looking great. Anyway, Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Benson, what, do you th- what are your thoughts on him? He's in his fifth year post-draft now. So it's kind of like, we got to move forward here. Yeah, You just signed a one-year deal with the Oilers. What do you think?
0: One second. We're just going to get a nice screenshot of all of us rocking our, uh, rocking our nation gear here. There, on, you go. there we go. That's so nice. What a nice, nice moment for everybody. That's really um, nice. New profile pick. Uh, anyways, Tyler Benson is who we were talking about. Yeah. He's got, he's got to be a bottom six guy. Like Tyler Benson can't come in and you know, it's great that he's shooting the puck with purpose and all that. I mean, show Dave Tippett, you can kill penalties, show him you're going to skate hard and fast and be in on every four check. And show him you can even yeah bring a little bit of offense to the bottom six. Sure. But if Tyler Benson can prove that he is a good bottom six winger for this team and he's found a way to adapt his game to become effective at the NHL level, there's a spot for him here in Edmonton. And I mean, you look at kind of what's coming up here and the cap crunch for the Oilers in the next few seasons, having a guy like Tyler Benson, who you can probably keep around for like a million bucks for a couple of years. That's going to be important if he can find a way to be an important piece of your roster.
1: One hundred percent. I think that Tyler Benson. He's like, you know what? I think the dude's motivated, and I'd like, I also love the story. I'm a romantic in that way. He's an Edmonton kid. Having him play on the Oilers would just make me happy. I hope he gets a spot, whether he's stealing it or earning it, or however you look at it. I hope Tyler Benson gets a spot. And it's, it's almost unfortunate that he's not right-handed because it just seems like he would just slot right into that Archibald spot anyway. But we'll see how things go. Dan, last word on Tyler Benson.
2: Yeah, I. I guess to me, it, this camp is just his his perfect opportunity to prove something, to Tippett right in front of him. Uh, you know, Otherwise, it's going to be a lot of pro scouts and, and you know team organizations telling Tipp what he's doing kind of thing. So I think that this is his real chance to, like you guys said, show that he can kill penalties, play in that bottom six role that Dave Tippett loves his his bottom six guys to be.
1: Uh, a couple of quick more a few more quick updates from Gregor here Uh, he says Perlini Lamborghini Perlini R.I.P. Josh Parker uh, can really skate his speed and size were very noticeable the knock on him was his on ice vision impossible to say if that improved watching drills but his speed and shot really stood out he's a guy again who's also battling for a job in there and probably really hungry for one Uh, on William Lagason Lagason struggled moving the puck in numerous drills he needs to show well in the preseason game if he wants to earn a spot cuckoo was paired with bouchard again that's just for the you know it's just training camp people uh cuckoo is paired with bouchard and it's expected that he will start in camp kyle Turris looked much stronger on his skates than he did last season but until i see him in a game this is gregor speaking of course i can't say if how much or at all that will benefit his play also says bouchard his passing not surprisingly was excellent Looks poised to be a big contributor, and on Sevier had the only real hit of the day as he delivered a hard hit on Laguson during a five-on-five drill. It wasn't malicious, and I don't think he planned to hammer him. But with the puck on the boards, Sevier lined him up and did what he had to do. So there's some good updates coming. I just like that we've actually got some shit to talk about. That's yeah. real. You know, there's a game to, there's a game on Sunday.
3: Really? Um, yeah. There's Calgary. a game on
1: Sunday against Calgary. So we're going to talk about that in a sec. Uh, To me, the preseason goes on for 100 years. Tyler, really? (laughs) It's just like, well, I'll just get to it now. Are you guys excited about the preseason? I know the preseason isn't for us, the fans. I know. It's just, I'm having a hard time getting excited about watching the game on Sunday until I watch it.
0: Until Uh, I turn it on. What time uh, is it on at? 7 o'clock? Oh, that's right in the Sunday night football window. I might be sitting (laughs) this one (laughs) up,
1: Hey, that's why you got those multiple TVs up
0: yeah i know um yeah i'll watch it i'm in the same boat like i'm not excited for it now but when the game gets going i'll be like oh there's a nice play from perlini and then i'll send out some tweet being like is he the answer you know both hands who watched both rookie games in their entirety
2: <laughs> i watched rick, one of them i watched rick? the second one in its entirety
3: rick you did not no too? i they were i was no i was, I was at work so i was ah, okay uh, i was hand i wasn't able to well, uh, dude I, i'm 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 we jacked went, up man we went this one is, for eight last year's last year's hockey wasn't really hockey it was just something we watched on tv the fact that we can go back in the arena the fact that i'm going to be there on tuesday um maybe it adds you're, to the excitement but I'm you're going to a preseason like game yeah man i grabbed as many preseason tickets as i could get i didn't even I'm know they were you, selling just, them wow yeah but oh they always do well like, i see for the yeah for the, they just give them to like the the season ticket holders. Yeah. I'm
2: fingers crossed for you, Rick. I like I genuinely yeah. fingers crossed for you because I I just I don't know the article that Zach put out yesterday that where all the doctors are are begging the Oilers and the Flames to uh, to either lower capacity or close it down altogether. I uh, I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of big debates that are going on right now in this province. That's for sure.
3: My guess. Everyone is- has everybody has to be vaccinated to get in there. Everybody in the ICU right now is unvaccinated. We got to learn how to move on. It's it's not going to be a full barn anyway. So,
0: yeah,
1: I like if I was to guess my and I'm just completely guessing if you're listening to this, I don't know anything, but I guess I'm going to guess that the flames know those will probably reduce capacity at some point here soon. You'd think. But who knows? Like Rick said, everybody's going to be vaccinated to get in. I have no idea.
2: I have no idea
0: on a lighter note
2: and which tier of fans gets chopped.
0: <laughs> Oof, <okay. laughs> um, on a lighter note, Brad Malone just beat Ilya Konovalov on a penalty shot in the scrimmage. Shout out to go, Reed Brad, Wilkins who's live tweeting. Ah,
3: Brad, oh, no, we need the goal. We need the goalie to succeed more than we need Brad Malone to succeed. <laughs> that is also
1: true. Uh, back to training camp, boys. Uh, the other story that's kind of annoying Oilers fans right now is Duncan Keith missing the first week of training camp. From Tom Gazzola, Handsome Tom says, sounds like Duncan Keith received the one-dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which is administered in the U.S., thus him having to wait until next Friday to get, all, get the go-ahead to join the group in training camp after returning to Canada and completing his quarantine. My question for you is, well, first of all, people that are getting annoyed that Duncan Keith waited this long to get the vaccine, that's fine. At the end of the day, I'm just happy he got it and Uh he will only miss a week of training camp as opposed to missing 30 whatever games like Josh Archibald would. So thank you for doing that, Duncan Keith. Thank you for thinking about the people around you, and also that we need you to succeed this year. So my question, with that out of the way, how big of a deal is it to miss the first week of training camp When you consider that by the time he comes back next Friday, there'll still be a handful of preseason games that he can get into. Uh, He's already been skating. I imagine he's in the best shape of his life. We just haven't heard it yet. Tyler, I want to start with you. How big of a deal is it to miss the first week of training camp?
0: If Duncan Keith was in his fourth season with the Edmonton Oilers and missed the first week of camp, I would kind of shrug and go big deal. He's a veteran guy. The first week of training camp is just You know, more or less formalities for a lot of these guys who know they have a roster spot and who have been in the league forever Um, arena tour. Yeah, right. But I'm a little bit irked that this guy didn't feel a little bit more pressure and responsibility to be a leader and make a good impression on the new team he's joining. He's brought in here and I I mean, his play on the ice isn't going to be what Duncan Keith was five years ago, right? But the trade off was that we were supposed to be getting this great leader who knows how to win, who's going to set an example and lead for the young guys. And it kind of feels like we aren't getting that end of the deal from Duncan Keith. Like you eventually got convinced to get the vaccine. That's awesome. But, you know, maybe if you knew you were going to be forced, you know, in air quotes forced, because I know they do have the option. Some guys aren't getting it. But if you knew the restrictions were coming for the NHL in the middle of August, why are we waiting until now? Why didn't you speed it up? Why didn't you say, you know what? I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to be a good leader and I'm going to be there on day one to be around my new teammates and be skating with my new teammates. Because again, this just feels like a little bit of wasted time and a little bit of a wasted opportunity for a guy who I would have hoped would have been a little bit more motivated to make a good first impression on his new organization.
1: I think that's a very fair point also, especially since after the trade, the thing that we heard the most was the intangibles that he brings into the locker room. Well, he's not even in the locker room until next Friday. Dan, your thoughts on Devin Keat?
2: Yeah. And so I'm on board with what you're saying, saying, Tyler, but my, my kind of caveat to it is that obviously the guy had a personal decision that, that he wasn't going to do it. And then it, by the sounds of what, uh, the way that, uh, Geez, our GM Ken Holland uh, framed it was that he had to kind of convince him and massage it. So I'm I'm with you, Bag Milk, when you say you know glad that he just got it done, and that's that's the most important thing. And it's going to be a week, sure. Yeah, you're right, Tyler. Every point you made is is valid and and completely true. But for me, it's done, and he's going to be yeah. playing for the Edmonton Oilers in the season. So it's it's. It's something to be kind of, you know, like personally just like, ah, dang, missed an opportunity there, mm-hmm. but, but not a, you know, well, I'm, I'm not dull, holding it against Keith the guy. Team. Yeah, exactly.
0: But can you imagine? But like, you're not, imagine- but,
2: but your opinion is, is, is kind of what the, the, I think the main main group is saying yep. but they're okay. going with an angry angle to it of you know well, <laughs> yeah. you should have done it better and so you're you're bad for not doing it better but, don't yeah, but
3: that's because that's because they don't like the acquisition and they're taking it on the player yeah. himself.
0: um i'm not mad i'm disappointed uh yes. but you know um but at the same time can you imagine if he just didn't get it can well, you like imagine that's, the that's- shit? That's Ken a, Holland would have been a, getting. That's
2: a rabbit hole that we...
0: Holy. Yeah.
1: A guy who loves chaos and watching chaos at times when it's just completely out of my control. There was part of me that's just like, oh, I wonder if Duncan Keith's actually going to get Whoa. it. Because if he has to miss 30 plus games, again, like Archibald will.
2: Yeah. And then you <laughs> add in the fact that Archibald would also be an issue and the you've got the uh, the Alex Staylock thing. Like For one organization, like you said, Tyler, good luck, Ken Holland, trying to talk that one down to the media.
1: Uh, wow. Rick, last word on Duncan Keith.
3: It's done. It's over. Training camp. Like, I don't the player of his stature, I don't think missing one week um is that big of a deal as long as it's not like injury related. Um, why he missed it, I don't really care. It's over and done with. Um, yeah, let's think about today and tomorrow.
1: I, I, I'm like again, I'm with you. I just it is what it is. At the end of the day, I'm just happy he got it. Better late than never, I guess because the alternative of him not getting it would have been much, much worse, in my opinion. Um, But we'll see how it goes. 100%. We'll see how it goes. Uh, For 90 years and four generations, our friends at Cornerstone Insurance have been a family and employee-owned business here in Edmonton. They've got all the products and services you could ever need. Auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, whatever you got. And on the left-hand side of the screen, if you go to cornerstoneins.ca, cornerstoneins.ca, there's a little button that says Citizens of the Nation. Click that, baby. Get yourself a little discount. We all need insurance. We all need to be covered. Cornerstone Insurance is here for you. Uh, one more thing that I want to talk about at training camp is, looks like Dave Tippett is kind of starting training camp with his lines together, almost. Uh, on the top unit, you've got Hyman, McDavid, puliarvi like that. Second line, you've got Nuge, Drysaddle, Yammo, like that. The, in, the third line is where it gets interesting a little bit because I think, depending on who's in the middle there, if you have Warren Fogle on the left side, Zach Cassian on the right side, and maybe like a McLeod in the middle, that's a line that intrigues me that could actually do something. And I know McLeod is a, is a young guy. He's an up-and-comer. He's only got a handful of games under his belt at some point. But if you're going to do it, why not have three guys with some wheels that can crash and bang and see what happens? Tyler, what do you think of these line combos as we're just starting trailing camp?
0: I'm with you, man. The idea of Zach Cassian returning to form, being placed on a line with a young speed demon like Ryan McLeod, who's also a huge body, and then add in another big body who we know has offensive ability in Warren Fogle. Like that could be the third line of our dreams, man. Like put those guys together, let them run wild for the first 10 games and see what we got here. Cause if they click, We've talked about having three scoring lines for a while. That could be a hell of a scoring line. And your top six is absolutely loaded. I wrote about this last week. I think this Oilers forward group has the potential to be the best in the NHL. And I'm, I'm not just being a homer with that. I think they legitimately are that deep and that good.
1: Well, the interesting thing too, about that, uh, before I move on to Rick here for his take is I was watching a lot of the training camp, just kind of recaps on, on be it TSN or Sportsnet or wherever. And if you look at what's going on in Toronto, a big storyline for them is who's going to fill the hole, the gaping hole left by Zach Hyman, and to have him slotted right next to Connor. And like, there's combinations that you can change it up, right? Like maybe Zach Hyman clicks with Nuge as center and you move dry or uh, clicks with uh, dry sidle and you move Nuge up with, with McDavid again, see how things go. There are options here. And I think that's really exciting because this isn't trying to crowbar Ty ratty into being Connor McDavid's winger. Now he looks over on the right. He's got Jesse Pugliarvi who. Last year had a hell of a season and I'm expecting a big one from him again. And on the left side, you got Zach Hyman who just signed a big ticket and is already starting to win people over as a fan favorite without even playing a game. I like it. Rick, what do you think of these line combos so far?
3: Dude, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to get everything going here. Um, the only thing that does kind of sort of scare me a bit is if they get um, a little worried about having youth and, 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 unproven offense in the lineup and they go a little more defensive when you put like a shore and a tourist and a, and a Derek Ryan in there and you kind of leave like Benson and like a Marodi or, or whoever out. Um, I want to see them load up and go with as as much offense as possible here. I think that you win the, you win the game on the other end of the ice. There's, there's options here, man. You can run that, the big six, you can split up the big three and run them all down the center and give them all wingers. Like it's, There's so many options right now, Um, but I'm actually excited to see them starting off with kind of what you expect to see going on to game one. I don't think there's a lot of room for underdogs to make this team. I think this team is pretty set up already. So to see them getting in there on day one and start moving that way, man, I'm I'm jacked. I'm ready to roll. Let's, Let's do this.
1: Since we're talking line combos, as we are recording this at 11:50 on Friday afternoon, Leon Drysidel is at the podium after the practice, and they asked him about playing with Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto. And Leon's answer is, "I'm very excited. I love playing with this those two, and we're looking forward to getting that chemistry back. I hope they could because if that that line can burn, you know, McDavid's going to do McDavid things. This top six is looking real good. Dan, your thoughts on there's the a about? ton of chem-
3: there's a ton of chemistry between uh, Leon and Yamamoto too." Like, even off the ice, those guys are like connected at the hip, man. They're like little, there's like big brother, little brother there.
1: Well, I, I love I seeing think that my, line
3: can do something.
1: I love seeing Yamamoto sign his deal. And the first person to comment on it on Instagram was Leon Dry I love that shit. Dan, coming to you for the line combos. What are you thinking?
2: Yeah, for me, the, the most exciting thing is having that Yamuji on line put back together just because it is such a, it was such a, a barn burner line before the pandemic hit uh and they they correct me if i'm wrong but they did go back to it last season but it was like mid-season so it was hard for them to it's drips and drabs. yeah and so you're so you're not really getting that consistency so i love starting it out this way it doesn't really it doesn't allow the fans and the media to kind of you know well warren fogel did good in in one game up on mcdavid's line so let's give him a chance up there like we can just go with the lines that we've created and if they falter then you can adjust in the preseason to to go to a plan b or a plan C like you said bag milk so yeah for me it's it's uh it's a neat kind of interesting way to look at training camp in a different perspective start with the way that you're gonna lead the season off you think
1: I gotta say I'm excited about the forward group I know Tyler said it uh, but I'm really excited about what this forward group can do I can't think of uh I mean t- 2017 had a decent forward group as well but like since then this is the best by far and well, it's not really close
2: I've been saying it since we, I think since we signed, it was Hyman. It's it, This is the best group we've had since we won a Stanley Cup in Edmonton in the forward group, just because McDavid and Drysidal but then you put on those plus, plus, pluses and it's just, you can't, you can't, there's no other lineup that can match up to this. 2006 doesn't touch it. You're right, Bag Milk, good group in 2017, but it's not as good as what we have right now.
1: The high-end skill, like Dan said, is there. McDavid, Drysdale, they're obviously units and warlords, and now their complementary pieces have also been loved up, leveled up. I think that's fantastic. Speaking of leveling up, how could we not talk about Peter Chiarelli landing a job in St. Louis as the VP of Hockey Ops? Now, my thought on this is how fucking small is the talent pool in the NHL when you can have a guy like Peter Chiarelli publicly shit his pants as the general manager of the,
2: of the Edmonton Oilers? <laughs> And, yeah, and then the Boston he, Bruins.
1: And then he just gets another gig high up in hockey ops again, despite it all. I mean, that one Stanley Cup ring from Boston is really carrying its weight for Peter Chiarelli right now. Personally, I find it hilarious. I hope he gives all his input and I hope Vladimir Tarasenko gets traded for a Gatorade and <laughs> Peter Chiarelli does Peter Chiarelli things for the Blues, just as he did for us and for the Bruins. Tyler, what was your thoughts when you saw Chiarelli going to the Blues?
0: Yeah. I mean, you talked to you said how small is the talent pool? I won't even say that because like we know from from being on the Internet, there's a lot of really, really smart, talented people around here who know their hockey. But when it comes to upper management positions, it is the same 40 guys that basically just get recycled for the same jobs over and over again. And no organization or I shouldn't say, shouldn't say no organization. There are a lot of organizations who just go, "Ah, we will play it safe. Hey, he's a good guy. That's a good hockey guy right there. Right. Or a good hockey man. And they just keep getting the same jobs. Like, why is Ken like and I like Ken Hitchcock? We had him on the DFO rundown, really nice, all that stuff. Um, why is he getting another job right now? Is there no one younger, up and coming, fresh opinions, maybe with like a better knowledge of you know, the the modern game? Not that Ken Hitchcock doesn't have that, but you know what I mean? Like, why are organizations? I mean, you draft these 18-year-olds to be your players and you want to grow them and develop them into the next superstars. Why is no organization really trying to do that with their front office? You know, like, OK, you wanted Shirely and you're bringing in Hitchcock. Why are you not bringing in a couple 30 year olds who you're like, hey, this is a former player maybe who like has a bright mind. We should try to like mold them into an GM or something like do something different. Don't just keep fucking recycling the same guys over and over and over and over, and over again
1: little bit like the Kyle Dubas route in a sense where he was, you know, GM in the Sioux and then he got a chance to do something with the Leafs. Maybe something like that. Dan, your thoughts on Shirelli? I see Rick shaking his head a little bit, so I'm going to finish with him.
2: Well, we don't, like, how do how do we not look at management like it's players, right? You don't you don't go back to the 42-year-old player who's never won a Stanley Cup in his life. Hey, 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 in favor hey, of hey a, Put some hey, respect hey. on
0: Mike Smith's name. Hey, hey, in hey. Favor,
2: in favor of a 30-year-old or a 22-year-old, right? Like, it, it's it's so... It, the, I think the problem is is that that you can't really age out of being a GM. The the way that a lot of these GMs end up being done is they they lose cognitive ability, which is unbelievable. These guys start <laughs> to forget players' names and they start to forget who's on their team before yeah, they before they retire. Hey, so, put yeah, some respect
0: on Ken Holland's name.
2: So, you know, like for me, like you said, back Milk, if, if Peter Shirelli had to give one of those gems off of one of his rings every time he got away with something stupid, that ring would be absolutely worthless by now. And, and so why are we continuing to give this guy a job when, like Tyler said, there is a talent pool in hockey right now that has never been available to hockey, to hockey organizations. And yes, they, they mine that talent pool for hockey data. And yes, they mine that talent pool when, when they've got some talented writers and they've got some talented analysts, but, it like it really doesn't. We really don't see the you know the Alex Anthopoulos kind of story to take a take a page out of baseball, where a guy started as a as a ball boy with the organization or with the organization and worked his way up to the position of GM. You just don't see that stuff happen in hockey, and it needs to change because. I like you can't you can't look at these records of these GMs and say yeah he's going to come in and really fix this organization. I, I just I don't know how you can justify that to the fans. So for me, it's it's obnoxious that this keeps happening.
1: If you listen to this podcast for any length of time, you like to you probably know that I like to imagine scenarios that may or may not have happened from time to time. And I was thinking about what Peter Shirelli's job interview, even though he probably didn't have one, what that must have been like for the St. Louis Blues when they said, All right, Pete, let's look at your last gig. Edmonton Oilers general manager. How'd we do? Hmm. Okay. Well, these last few months are a little questionable. Brandon
2: Manning, huh? Your performance oh. record's not so hot.
1: Koskinen contract with a no move, huh? Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. And then I just, I would love to hear Pistol Pete with his little tweed jacket on explaining why you should get that gig. Rick, I'm ending off with you. Talk about uh,
3: first, I just think, you know what? A lot of those GMs are kind of the same type of people. And they're from a generation where everything was conservative, maybe not by political nature, but in just in terms of, okay, just don't take two legs swings. Yeah. Just stick with what you know and just go with it. So I think just sitting there shitting on these guys, is kind of silly because it's that generation all over the world. Right. So it's like, it's everywhere. It's the, my parents, your, I'm assuming it's most, most of your parents. That's just the way they were raised. So to expect them to change at this age, at that age, well, it's, it's silly. Cause organizations are changing. Either. Yeah. I, I'm not necessarily it,
0: shitting on them no, personally, Rick. I'm just saying like organizations, how is no organization from the top? Like what, well, like what Carolina does, right? Well,
3: like, I, I agree. I agree. But I think that what it's going to take though, is for some of those organizations to start winning though. Right. So Dubas hasn't won. Carolina hasn't won. The winners keep being the the old guys. St. Louis
2: hasn't won with the, anything. "Quote unquote," recently.
3: older guys, right? Like it's that's just kind of where. So you kind of keep going back to that. Once you have some of these younger guys start winning, and with their new with their new age ways and whatnot, then I think you'll start to see people um, changing. But when you start, when you keep seeing the same type of systems and organizations keep winning, it's going to take more than that for the for that generation to change. The Chirelli thing, though, personally. I know you guys think it's hilarious, but it terrifies me. <laughs> you, cannot convince, you cannot convince me that he's that dumb when there's the, uh, this exact same opportunity that he was sent here by Boston, a team that we stole two cups from in the 80s. We took two of their championships. We won them both. And he was sent here to kill us from within. You cannot explain some of these <laughs> trades and say that he wasn't just honestly. He was on the inside. And he was trying to kill us from within and I do not trust dealing with him at all. I, I, you cannot tell me that he's that dumb. I think he was sent here to kill us from within, and he's going to keep trying to do it to us in St. Louis. I would have so, preferred him go to I, KHL I, I do have else. to take, I am terrified Terrified of this guy.
2: I have to take umbrage with one thing you said, Rick, because Julian yeah. Breesbaugh has won the last two Stanley Cups. That guy, that guy came out of obscurity to be the gm of the tampa bay lightning yeah and he's also and he's also playing the league for fools half the time <laughs> as well let's not forget that part so so i think that there is youth that comes in it's just that the nhl da- ignores it like like honestly they everybody you know, they...
3: ignores it man basketball well, but, that, but look at tampa it. bay baseball it's ignores okay. it so one team out there changes that everything two championships in a row but it's one
2: Maybe hire from outside the organization, outside the NHL. You know what I mean? Like, look at what, look at what, uh, I was agree, but you're
3: just asking a generation to do that. That's just, it's not in their blood system. That's not the way that they're, they're like 70 years old. They have not been like that ever. You can't <laughs> expect them to change now. So we push <laughs> for <laughs> the change you then. Honest, you honestly need them to grow out of their position, and it's just going to take some time. And I think of that in a lot of aspects in this, in this world right now. You, they're not leaving. Why would you want to leave that spot? You're not going to leave. They need to get pushed out somehow, and unfortunately, the only way to do it is like naturally, where they or we talk about out. it
2: so much that they just get tired of hearing it and they leave. Make them leave themselves. They don't listen to this. They listen to, like the
3: radio. <laughs> this <laughs> is called oiler Station eight? Radio. Hey, what's hey, wrong with God, the radio? The no, the radio. are not on the radio any anymore we are. The radio is much nicer to them than we are. You're not. Yeah, that's fair. Tyler. And also radio, it's just shoot the right of a bunch of those guys. Anyways,
1: it's also worth just also noting, like not just in hockey, people hire their friends. That's yep. what they do. Yep. And that's yep, what happened so. here, regardless of how bad Peter Shirelli is at his job, or if he's a double agent, like Rick says, uh, it's just funny to me that he got another job considering how bad he was at the one here. Right.
0: Right. Good.
3: All right. Or let's move maybe on. Maybe he was really good at the <laughs> job here and killed
0: us from within. Um, yeah, d-
1: depending on who you ask. Yes. Tyler.
0: I'm I, sorry. I just something that popped up on my timeline. EA Sports is releasing like their top 10 for each ratings, and they put out the top 10 strongest players in the NHL. And Ooh. I got to chuckle out of Zach Cassian being eighth on the list.
1: Oh, strong boy.
0: <laughs> yes. Anyways, that's it. off topic.
2: Who's the strongest according
0: yeah, to that? List. Ryan
1: Reeves. Oh, let's guess. Let's I'm guess. I'm going to guess.
2: Ryan Reeves. I'm no. going to say it's Jamie Alexiak.
1: Oh, good guess.
3: Rick? All right. Well, I'm going to go with Tom Wilson.
0: Um, Bag Milk Reeves was fifth. Um, really? Tom Wilson was not on the list. Um, mm-hmm. somehow like Brandon Carlos on there, but Tom Wilson isn't. Um, and Dan, you got it. Jamie Alexiak was the nice. one. Yay. I was looking at the screen the whole time. Yeah. The you ge- Largest human being. No.
2: But that, that makes sense, right? Because they look at him as like a size. So then they yeah. have to make him as the largest human being. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's just gigantic. And that's uh, video
2: game metrics. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that was just like when I used to play NHL games a million years ago, I would always trade for just gigantic people because you would just steamroll through everyone. That's driving with Bowser and Donkey Kong, nobody can knock him off the road or anything, you know? I
2: I talked to the the former GM of the Danbury Trashers yesterday and that's literally what he said. He's like, man, when I went to make that team, that's the exact same team I made in every NHL game ever. I just put the heavies out there and they steamrolled everybody. So I made it actually happen as a team on the ice.
1: Uh, I realized I just said Bowser and Donkey Kong. I meant Mario Kart. So, before you tweet at me, I know what I
2: there said. There you go. All
1: right. Let's get to Ask the Idiots, boys. I got some questions for you, I'm doing some, a little bit of rapid fire. And this one here is for Buster's Pizza. If you go to busterspizza.ca, you can find the 11 locations in and around Edmonton. Go get yourself some pizza. It's Friday. What better time for a pizza than a Friday? Go to busterspizza.ca, maybe a donaire. Jay says the donor was excellent. I haven't tried one yet. I'm going to believe what Jay says. Deal? Deal. Gotcha. All right, boys, Ask the Idiots. This is a little bit of rapid fire here. So we're going to do around round the horn, and then I'll finish off with my answer just to complete the quartet. Tyler, you're first up on my screen. So my first question to you is, will Josh Archibald be with the Oilers at Christmas? No. Dan? No. Rick?
3: No, I've seen too much of his of like his Twitter feeds and whatever to say that he's like, he's really against it. He's not like in the middle. You you there. I was it. just terrified.
1: Yeah. I was wondering where you were going to go with that too. Like his, yeah, what? yeah,
3: I've seen yeah, too yeah, much of his, his medical regards. thinking or whatever. Like, I just don't think yeah. he's in the, in the category where you can convince him.
1: Uh, I agree. I don't think Josh Archibald is here at Christmas. Uh If we're looking at that fourth line, right wing spot, who, and this is assuming Josh Archibald isn't around now. Who takes that job? Dan?
2: I'm going to say Cassian and be unpopular. Do
0: you think he's going to play fourth line right wing?
2: Yeah, I don't think
3: he's going okay, to. Okay, but be. then who takes third well, line who's right the, who's, the, who's the fourth right winger on the team? Because there's already three of them.
1: Yeah, okay. That's a better way to phrase it.
2: Uh, That's a good question. What are my options, even? Everybody
0: on their contract. I don't Look at a depth chart. I don't have one in front of me. Go to somebody else, I guess. <laughs>
2: I'm going to dailyfaceoff.com right now.
0: Yeah, head to right. Daily, uh, Daily
2: You know
3: what? I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Cooper Marodi only because I think that line's going to do something in the preseason. He's going to get the first shot.
0: Yeah, fuck it. I'll go with Marodi too, actually. I think that's, that's a decent answer.
1: I'm going to uh, do something a little bit different. I'm going to say Zach Hyman flips to the right wing, moving everybody down a slot.
0: Colton Skevier, honorable
2: yes. mention. Maybe. Yeah, that's, that would be where I'm going right now. Is it
3: or Is it Sevier?
1: Oh, yeah, we've said it both ways on this scurvy. podcast. Yep.
3: Scurvy. Yeah. We, don't, his get his name, name, right? we scurvy. don't get his name correct till he's an actual Oiler. Till then, we just make scuvier it. Skevier or Sevier?
1: Uh, I like Scurvy, scurvy because, yeah, he doesn't get any, uh, any vitamins. So he's got a real problem. There. <laughs> okay. Next up for Buster's Pizza in the Zazz the Idiots. Will we see the three center? set up at all this season, meaning McDavid, Drysaddle, Nuge down the middle. Dan? Uh,
2: Yes, I I think we do. It's not, I don't think it's gonna be for a substantial amount of games. I'd say less than 10 games, but yes. Rick?
3: Yeah, I think when you have a toy like that, you got to play with it a couple of times and see what you can do with it. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll use that.
1: That's what she said. Uh Tyler, uh, three centers down the middle.
0: Uh I am going to say yes, and here's a little twist on it. It will come with Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins as a duo.
1: Ooh, I like that. I'm also going to say yes, but I'm with Dan. I don't think we'll see it very often. Dave Tippett seems to like his kind of his top six kind of dialed in a little bit. And but if it works,
3: he's going to oh, roll. If with it, it, it works, one hundred percent.
0: Can I? Can I uh, throw in <laughs> another one here? And
2: Welcome, uh, Sevier. Sevier.
0: Scurvy. <laughs> um, prospect says so. What do you guys think we see more this season? The three center approach or McDavid on a line with Dry Oh, McDavid,
1: McDavid Dry Easy. Yeah, that's. Like, me, that's as a full
0: on, like, I'm not talking just pairing them up in the third period. I'm talking like stretches where it's like yep. from morning skate McDavid yes. and Dry Sidle back together. That's what I would say. Yep.
3: Like if you uh, let's if say- without an injury, I think that it's going to be the, the, the big three. If there's not an injury that's making it, it's going to be the big three.
2: I think the big three is like is like you know you're going up again in your one game against Tampa Bay, or you know you're going in a game in a big matchup and you can just like Rick said, play with your toy. You might
3: as well. But listen, but we're also like we're a playoff team, correct? Everyone's going to assume we're a play. <laughs> we need to know if this works when we get to the playoffs. You got yeah, like, to give it some tests. You got to give it some and- testing
2: and I like to beg or Tyler's talking about having a duo of Hyman and Nugent Hopkins kind of thing. So then you have McDavid and, and Fogle Pooley or Fogel. Yeah. And then McDavid, uh,
0: Fogle.
2: Oh. whatever, yeah, like whatever, whoever you yeah. pair up there. And then you got Stay Leon with exciting. Yamo kind of thing.
0: How, what if you went McDavid Fogle Cassian and just put muscle on McDavid's wings? <laughs> then you went with like dry You'd have Yamo on the right and your left winger there. Ooh, that's where it gets soft. If you're not throwing, uh,
1: once that's
0: just it gets a little bit tricky. Yeah, cause then you could go Nuge Hyman and Pouliarvi and then you're going dry sidle with Yamamoto and like oh, fuck, Dylan Holloway once he's healthy.
3: Healthy that's Devin Shore. Nice. Here we go. Let's go. <laughs> Devin Shore is in. But if you're, if you're if you're if you're if you're making offensive lines here and you're looking for a left winger, Dan, you brought it Kyler up already. Benson. Can he exactly can he or oh. he's an offensive guy? Like maybe perhaps he's gonna fit in nicer.
0: Or Hyman on the right side, Nuge on the left, McLeod down the middle. The three-center approach doesn't even involve Nuge down the middle, huh?
2: <laughs> I love this. Uh, th- but, this is, but this is what, we're, what we were talking about before. That's what the benefit of having this deep of a forward core and, where we can slide pieces around is.
0: Yep. And I talked about it in my article, too. Never mind just being deep but everyone can play multiple positions. Like dry goes from center to the wing. If you need Nuge does the same. Hyman can flip flop on either side. Fogle can flip flop on either side as well. Derek Ryan's a really good right winger as well. McLeod, you could probably put him on the left side and not be, not be too worried about it. Same with Devin shore. Like they have so many pieces that can move to different spots in the depth chart that it's fascinating. The possibilities are endless. God, such you, a nerd. You keep forgetting. Isn't Kyle it so there.
3: exciting? Well, you can't wait for Sunday now. Yeah, like even, combos, don't even, baby. Don't even put, don't even put
0: the I, like, kids in the lineup. Put
3: in the top 12 and let's go. Let's
0: see what I can do. Hey, here's it's an idea. Already. If Dave Tippett wants to get me excited for that game, he goes full on like Adam hockey tryouts and it's just like out the door every shift. Center, left wing, right wing, go. And like whoever you point to, like that's the center, left wing, right wing. He got like Yamamoto centering Fogle and Derek Ryan or something like just fucked up stuff.
1: Uh, we've got eight preseason games to get through, gentlemen. How many of those does Connor McDavid play? I'm going to say three. Five.
0: Five.
2: Three. I'll say four because I think that that's Seattle game in uh, – uh, where are we playing? Jesus.
0: I think they're playing uh, at the old Seattle rink, aren't they? Everett, isn't
2: it? I can't remember no, if they're Spokane Everett? or they're doing Everett. Yeah, yeah I just, Everett. it's I think one it's of Everett. the two teams. Yeah,
3: anyways, I mean, wherever they play there, Spokane.
2: I think the NHL is going to want the, the Oilers to roll him out for
3: that. Well, um, based on that, saying, I'm going to say four then, because I think they're going to have him out there on Tuesday for the Joey Moss stuff, um, the showcase game. And then I could see him getting the last one for sure. Well, no, let's stick with three. No, last one the they usually one.
0: sit. Um, yeah, so second, I think he'll get one. five. I don't know why you guys are downplaying him so hard. I think he'll get well, five. If,
1: so I could see Tyler saying, I, I can see him playing five, but in those five games, there's like two games where he plays six minutes kind of thing. You know what I mean?
0: Just get him I, out there, yeah. I just think you got. I just think you
2: got to keep McDavid protect McDavid from himself and his competitive nature. That is, you know, when you got a when you got a fourth line guy that's grinding it out for his shift, and he lines up McDavid, and then you're that's what I was gonna say, scenario. Dan.
1: That's what I was gonna say, Dan. And like, especially early in the preseason, when there's just a bunch of doofuses on there that have no business being in an NHL preseason game, they want to take a run at Connor, make a name for himself. I'd rather avoid that. Uh, next up, which player on the roster? makes you the most nervous that's a very general question but i want to ask it anyway dan who makes you the most nervous
3: miko koskinen rick oh that's a tough one uh i i think i have to double up and go and go miko as well i'm pretty confident in the rest of those guys but um yeah miko's always throwing the curveballs you don't know what you're gonna get tyler
0: mike smith i mean fuck if that doesn't work man if mike smith isn't it like if koskinen sucks like Koskinen sucked for stretches last year. We found a way to survive. Mike Smith sucks. We are in fucking trouble.
3: That's but I'm so not awful. too nervous. I'm not too nervous. I'm more nervous about Miko shitting the bed than I am about Mike Smith. I just think it's a you know,
0: yeah, but I'm nervous. for so, that
3: big season, he'll keep I, it going.
0: I agree. Like the odds of Mike Smith shitting the bed are less than Miko, but the consequences yeah. of Mike Smith shitting sure. the bed are far greater, sure. and that scares me.
1: Uh, I'm also nervous about Mike Smith, but not about play necessarily, but his health. He's yeah, an older yeah. guy, man. I hurt my back getting out of fucking bed and I'm two years younger <laughs> than Mike Smith.
2: In yeah. the last three seasons. <laughs> last three seasons he's missed time due to injury.
1: So that makes me nervous. Last All
2: season right. it was going in though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he started the year again, off.
0: <laughs> again, because he like what tweaked his knee during warm-up of the first game and he missed like a month. Like bag milk makes a great point. <laughs>
1: Uh, next up, who scores more goals this season, Jesse Pulleyarvey or Kaylor Yamamoto? Rick Pulleyarvey, Dan
3: Yamo,
0: Tyler Pugliarvi. Uh You might say- play Netfront on the power play, man.
1: Yeah, I'll say Pulleyarvey yep. as well because he's lined up next to you. I think Dryside. We got and rid and of and all the. We good. got the
3: red of the. We got the. We got rid of all the rest of those guys. Nuge. Jay- yeah, Chase on's in, va- in Vancouver. Yeah, he can't be eating his fucking power play. Jason's
0: in me. Vancouver camp. Yeah, he got PZ. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Good for yeah. on man. Are I always said. in, this in Ottawa. No one on the Oilers was more fun to watch when they got confident than Alex Chase on. Like he would be a guy who would be silent for like eight games and do nothing. And then he would score a goal and you'd notice him. Like I remember there was a game last year, he like had a goal, then he hit a goal post and then he like dropped to one knee on a one timer from the blue line. And it was like, oh man, confident Alex Chase on trying like deeks around defensemen and shit always made me laugh. Cause it's like you could tell he's like sitting on the bench, like I'm fucking feeling it tonight, boys. <laughs>
3: Would you prefer having him as a fourth, as the Archibald replacement, over
0: anybody here right now? I would. I like now. Yeah, now that you kind of think you might I, lose Josh Archibald,
3: I do. I do. I, would. I do. Yep. I wish he was still here.
2: Not me. I. I just don't think the foot speed and this, and like Tyler said too, the skill. That just like when it's not there for Chase on, it's not there. It's really hard to watch him play hockey. But it's but not really he gets he down really get- and-
1: but when he doesn't he gets really get bad, that, you know,
3: <laughs> he doesn't get really get bad, but he definitely gets like invisible, he gets snake bitten mm-hmm. and he can't yeah. score and he can't and score exactly. And then well, he starts ringing off posts for a couple of weeks and then he starts popping them.
0: Yeah, but let, let's talk about like what Alex Chase on would have to be for you, right? Like if we're talking here and we say the top nine is full, right? And we got Ryan McLeod there, and your fourth line is like Derek Ryan with I mean, even if you say like Colton Sevier make, makes the team out of camp. Like you have a couple spots here where chase on, if you bring him in after his PTO with Vancouver and you're like, Hey man, you're making 750 K you're going to be our 14th forward. He knows the system. He knows the guys. He's great in the room. Like you could spend 750 K on worse shit than that.
1: Yep. I agree with that. Uh, Back to ask the idiots for Buster's pizza. This one is just a, a wish, just a wish. Uh, I saw this morning on Instagram that after six seasons, our boy Ryan Jesperson will no longer be the in-game host for the Oilers. Who should take Ryan Jesperson's spot as the in-game host, Tyler?
0: This was my fucking cold performer. So good one, bag milk. Um, who should take Ryan Jesperson's spot? What if we like outsource this and we got like Jonathan Torrens to do it? Oh, that'd be great. That'd be amazing. That'd be Jonathan awesome. Torrance is a
1: huge Oilers guy. Uh, he's a little busy, so I don't know if it'll work, but this is just a wish list. Rick, who you got? Who's replacing
3: Jespo? Adam Mandrick. <laughs> <laughs> if if you've ever been, if you've ever come <laughs> out to a nation party, the man on the mic, it should be Adam. Oh, that oh, oh. should be Adam. There is like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know why I'm going to text him right now and see if he's been offered the job already. Cause it's ridiculous. If not,
1: if you're listening to this and you have no idea who Adam Mandrick is, he used to be one of our sales reps. He has since moved on. He's got a family now, but like Rick said, when he'd have an event and Adam was on the mic, it was always hilarious. It would be between plays. there's like, hello, hello, hello. And then it was always <laughs> the same thing. And he would just go on you're the best. Adam Mandrick is a sweet pick. Dan, who's replacing Jespo?
2: I'm going to selfishly just say myself because I'd love to do, I'd love to be able to do that job. I'd love to be able to interact with Oilers fans every night and be able to get the fans jacked up. Uh, but whoever it
0: is, I hope they have a lot of fun with it. Um, Bag Who's your pick? Uh, Josh T
1: park because he's yeah. tall and handsome.
0: And he's done the nice. job before. I, w- I would like to imagine a world where Rick gets the job and then he just goes off script. Like when he gets mad at the refs and is like, all right, it's time for a t-shirt toss. These <laughs> shirts are only coming out if you're chanting. Fuck Graham skilleter. And like the whole building's yelling it <laughs> because they want a shirt.
2: He, he, he goes hot mic at the end of a period. He's like, hey, Francis Sharon.
3: Francis Sharon. <laughs> I've watched you ass. I'll wear the mic. We can sell it as pay-per-view footage. Yeah. Or you like know, I mean, it's got to, yeah, it's, yeah, you can sell it as footage.
1: If you don't know what we're talking about on this point, I beg you to come on a nation road trip to Calgary with us and try and sit near <laughs> Rick. It is an experience that you won't forget. Uh, last question on Ask the Idiots. This one's for Buster's Pizza. Who will be I'm the, i sure I understand. Shut up, Siri. <laughs> Who will be the 2021, 2022 The Answer? Who is the answer in 2021-22? Dan?
2: I really desperately want to say Brad Malone, but I'm going to say it's going to be Ryan McLeod.
1: I like that pick. Rick, who's the answer?
3: Look, we've given to a lot of guys who've gotten the same opportunity as this guy. I believe this guy is definitely more capable than the rest. So the belt goes to Zach Hyman.
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, Zach Hammond's probably the answer. I mean, you spent however much money on him, so he better be We sure as hell um, hope so, anyways. But I'm I'm gonna flip it a little bit here. I'm gonna say that the answer this year will be Cody CC. Every time Ooh. this guy makes a great defensive play, we'll be like, hey, that's that's the Cody CC <laughs> we wanted in town here. That's that's our four year three point two five million dollar boy. I'm not confident this is gonna happen, but I'm just trying to will this into existence. So Cody CC is gonna be the answer. Yeah, put it yes. out into
2: the universe, people. It is tough being the, the answer as a defenseman, though, because that first time that something goes not your way, everybody's on top of you again because you've been donned the answer belt.
1: I'm sticking with the defense, though, Dan. My answer for 2021-22 is Evan Bouchard. Nice. He has the potential to be the answer and work his way up the depth chart. He's that good. I believe in him, regardless of the fire or lack thereof that Jay Downton accused him of several years ago now at this point.
3: And he questioned his of- foot speed too, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And what did he do yesterday? He requested that he goes up against Connor McDavid the whole damn time on that ice. That's right. He requested it. He said, I want that. Him and Cuckoo wanted that. I well, don't think that, uh, that other stuff is going to be that. I think it's getting blown out of proportion. Um, you're going to see he'll be okay.
2: I also think Dave Tippett was taught to respect his elders. And so when Evan Bouchard comes to you and
3: tells you to do something, you do it. That's right. Well, that's fair. But but the point was he still wanted to even at his his ripe old age.
1: Yeah, he rolled into Roger's place with a fresh pair of new balances on and he told Dave the business. That's how it works. He just finished
3: his VHS tape of
2: Matlock and he was good to go.
1: Popped out at Old Country Buffet for a 6 a.m. breakfast. It was the best. Went down to a and had a coffee, and then made his way to the rink. Perfect. <laughs>
3: They're on the, chat with the boys. chat with the boys.
1: Oh, you got to discuss the business at A&W. All right. Let's wrap up this podcast with a look at the hot and cold performance of the week. But first, I got to tell you about Deuce Vodka. Go to deucevodka.com. There's Brett Kissel. Very handsome. Holding the bottle. I encourage you to get some. It's delicious. Make a Caesar. Maybe make a cocktail. Channel your inner wanyan. Just a vodka soda. Delicious. Keep it tight. And on the right-hand side of the screen, there's a little button that says find in store. That'll take you to the store locator anywhere in Alberta where you can find Deuce Vodka. That'll help you out. If you're in Saskatchewan and you're listening to this sales at DeuceVodka.com, they will help you find it. Get a bottle provided that you are of legal drinking age and enjoy that shit responsibly. Now, Starting off with our veggies as we always do, it's time for the cold performers of the week. Tyler's getting his buttons ready. I see him looking at the roadcaster. By the way, we're getting another roadcaster. We're getting up multiples. Dan, I'm starting with you. Deuce Vodka
2: Cold Performer of the Week. Well, my Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week is going to go to the Buffalo Sabers organization for the way that they're <laughs> handling this Jack Eichel nightmare. <laughs> From, from this whole injury, you know, who gets the surgery, which surgery do you get telling a player what to do with his body to stripping the captaincy off of a player because you say that he's not a leader when you're not really doing much to lead yourself out of this nonsense either. Uh, it's just been a debacle. And uh, while I sit on the sidelines, of course, because I don't really give a hoot what the Sabres do, you Buffalo Sabres are getting my Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week.
1: Why are you the way that you are? I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. Uh-huh. Thank you, Michael Scott. Rick, you're next up. Does you cope from the week?
3: Well, it's been happening all week. So, uh, this goes out to, they may not be a real entity, but the football gods, they've been against me all week. I can't win <laughs> bets. The dolphins got absolutely pummeled. We lost our quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. But yeah, to the bills, that was a hell of a game. Um, and then my fantasy league teams. I have five guys on the injured reserve right now. Five guys. This is ridiculous. I can't buy a win right now. So the fantasy, or the, yeah, the, the football gods in general, they're the cold performer.
1: Are you thrilled? I'm not. Yesterday on real life, we did our, yesterday on real life, we did our prop bets for the Thursday nighter. And I thought I found a funny one. It was even money to bet on the Texans and the Panthers getting over seven and a half points in the first quarter. I was just like, come on, you got at least a touchdown and a field goal, somebody. And did I hit it, Tyler? No, I did no. not. No, I did not. So uh, thank you to the Thursday nighter for losing me money and another spot on the real life thing. Tyler, you're next up to vodka cold from me.
0: Yeah, I didn't have time to come up with another cold performer, so I'm just giving it to the Jespo news. I mean, I once you've been around to different rinks and you see how other, like, in-arena hosts kind of are, you really appreciate how good Jesperson was at getting the crowd into it. His T-shirt toss yell, everything about it. Jesperson, truly the GOAT when it came to in-arena entertainment. I don't know why he's leaving, but it is a big loss for Oilers fans. <laughs>
1: I would also say if you've never seen a Jespo pull off a multi costume change on a day in Vegas, that is something that I hope all of you get yeah. to experience as well.
3: I really hope he comes back to Vegas again. That was fun. We had the time we had with him.
1: It was great. Shout out to Ryan Jesperson. I agree with Tyler. He did a great job. Uh, my cold performer of the week, just to end this off is, I thought Jim Matheson's question to Miko Koskinen yesterday was a little bit rough he kind of said, Hey, the fans don't want you here. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> and like, well, that may be true. And while there's a lot of us that wished that we would upgrade the goaltending situation, I just thought, man, that's a rough <laughs> question to throw at the guy on the first day of training camp, Nico Koskinen handle it like a pro. Obviously Jim Madison is in the hockey hall of fame. So I'm not going to take shots at his ability. I just thought, man, that's a rough question on the first day of training camp. These so a guy-
3: nicer, nicer words you can use.
1: There are nicer words you could have used than say, hey, the fans don't want you here. Thoughts? Uh, <laughs> that question called Performer of the Week. Oh, that's cold. It was cold, Tyler. It was
0: <laughs> yeah, cold. Yeah, that, that was icy.
1: Reversing the order, uh, we're going to the Hot Performers of the Week. Tyler Remchuk, you're up first. Your Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week.
0: Uh, let's go back to football here and a little uh, Edmonton connection to the Thursday Nighter last night, which was absolutely terrible. Like it was a dog shit football game. And as someone who has Christian McCaffrey, I was not happy to see him go down. But as a proud Edmontonian, I was proud to see uh, Chuba Hubbard get into the mix and uh, get get in on some action there. Really cool. Like, when have we ever seen an NFLer, never mind like a prominent position too? He's a running back. An NFLer from Edmonton? Come on, that's awesome. Chuba Hubbard. Hot performer of the week. God oh, damn it. I didn't get to my button. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. He's a hot
1: guy. Yes, he is. Rick, you're next up. Deuce Fuck, a hot performer of the week.
3: You know what? For that Chuba thing, CMC's down for a couple of weeks. They said Chuba's getting the, the starting role, it looks like.
0: For a I while. heard they're like bringing the- in like fucking Duke Johnson, though. Like, are you kidding me?
3: What a name. Uh, Duke but D- Johnson. He's got- oh, buddy. But he's got the opportunity at least to hold on to his spot there. And the last guy I think that was close to this would have been. Uh, Jesse Lumsden, because I know when he was he was playing in CIAU or whatever, and then went out to the Seahawks, and he got a lot of attention during whatever lockout it was. Injuries uh, just but, derailed him. Yeah. Um, so my pop, hot performer here, I kind of knew someone's gonna take Chuba, so I had a backup one. It was just announced a couple of minutes ago here, but the Toronto Blue Jays are now allowed to have thirty thousand fans starting next week. Um, for this last two week push for the Jays, it's been fun to watch for the last two months. Um, putting that, you know, doubling up the amount of fans in there and just getting that uh, that atmosphere going. I think it's, uh, it should be really fun to come through and watch on TV. So we'll give it to the, the Blue Jays and their 30,000 fans now. They've done studies,
0: you know, 60% of the time it works every time. That doesn't make sense.
1: Tyler, I got to check in with you. Uh, Jay's mm-hmm. tough one yesterday. Thoughts?
0: Yeah. Uh, super bummed out about that loss. Minnesota is truly a soul sucking place. Um, and it was just, <laughs> it was just such a buzzkill. Everything that happened in that game sucked. But as Coomzi and I said on Blue Jays nation radio, uh, if there was one game you were going to lose, it was probably the Pineda start. Um, Steven Matz didn't have his shit, but you're going Barrios, Ray Manoa to end out this series Win all three Yankees and Red Sox going head to head, you'll gain a couple of games on one of them at least. Sweep the twins here over the week or get the three wins against the twins over the weekend. You're in a great spot with only six games to go after that.
1: That Tampa series was also rough.
0: I hate the fucking trot burn it. <laughs> I would do, I would how, serve the prison time to burn down the trot.
3: How bad do you want to be at the first home game when Kiermaier there? I would pay good. What position oh. does he play center field? Oh, I don't know if I want to sit center fielder or right behind their dugout. Obviously, you're only getting for half the game anyways. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I would pay good money to be right behind there so I can chirp at them all game long.
1: Uh, I also want to give a shout-out, to just since we're talking Jays, to Eric Sabrowski. I was getting his takes on the Baraki uh, plunk from the other night, and it was just interesting to hear his take on how that works. And I think my favorite line, Eric, I apologize. if This isn't meant for public consumption, but he's like, if you're going to hit a guy on purpose... You always make it a fastball, and that just made me laugh. He's like, <laughs> he's like, nobody <laughs> wastes time with a curveball, man. And I was just like, God bless. I love, I, love I love it. So shout out to you. All right, moving on. Uh, Dan, you're next up. Dusvaka, hot performer of the week.
2: Uh, well, I'm going to double dip on the Buffalo Sabres love right now. And I'm going to give my hot form of the week to a former contributor on this very podcast at Coombe for his prediction that the Buffalo Sabres will once again <laughs> match their 18 game losing streak this season and do better at it, I guess, or worse at it. If you want to Didn't put he it that say
1: way. twice, they would do that.
2: Yeah, he, he thinks that they will lose 18 or more in a row at least once this season. So unbelievable prediction by Coombe. I love seeing him try to get people fired up with some spicy takes. So at Coombe, you get my douche vodka hot performer of the week. Cash money. Uh,
1: If you don't know what Dan's talking about, go to dailyfaceoff.com. Zach or Zach. Well, Zach's there too, but Cam is writing all the, uh, the team previews for dailyfaceoff.com. So go check those out right now Uh, to finish this off my Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week. And despite me saying earlier in the podcast that I'm not exactly excited about watching the preseason, there's a hockey game tomorrow. You know, we had a short offseason because of the COVID kind of like delays and the draft and all that and blah, blah, blah. Despite the fact that I said already, I'm not excited about the preseason. I am very, very excited that we are getting closer to the NHL season. There's a hockey game tomorrow. The schedule coming out. Seeing the Oilers on my calendar, hot performer of the week. Pour it
2: on! Well, are the Stop. Oilers? The Oilers aren't playing tomorrow, though. They play Sunday.
1: Oh, sorry, Sunday, Sunday. Yep. There's a hockey Sunday, game on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. There. Preseason game on Sunday. Not tomorrow. Today's Friday.
2: There is hockey tomorrow, though, bag milk. You were correct about that. Preseason okay. schedule does start tomorrow.
1: No Oilers, no bag milk. That's how it goes. Nice. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> there is no hockey tomorrow. All right. All right. From all of our friends at DoorDash, Sherwood Ford, Cornerstone Insurance, Deuce Vodka, Buster's Pizza, Bag Milk here with Tyler Ramchuk, Dan and Rick. This is episode 159 of Oilers Nation Radio. I just want to say thank you for being here. Please leave some reviews. I didn't get a chance to check if there was any new ones this week, but we will get caught up on those if there are. Please leave the reviews. Let us know how we're doing. If you don't want to leave a review, just hit us up on social, ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We're there. We'll answer them. We'll read them. Tell us we suck. Tell us, we lo- tell us you love us. Whatever it is, we'll read it. And from that, that's the end of the episode. Have a great weekend, everybody.
2: Shout out, Jespo.
1: Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram.
3: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European Linen